Hey guys, it's Luke here. Today I'm making a video and I'm going to use this audio for a podcast as well. I'm basing this on an article that I wrote that was released recently talking about sleep and muscle growth. I want to dive into the literature and see if there's any ideas behind whether sleep is important for muscle growth. Hint, there is. And if there's any effects of napping or anything like that on muscle loss as well. So I'm going to dive straight into it. The first thing I want to address is the general idea of sleep and health. Sleep is super important for health, but in this particular video, we're going to speak specifically about muscle and gym performance. Uh, there's tons of other stuff on health and disease state and mental health and all this sort of stuff that you should probably look into. If you're looking to maximize your health, sleep is really, really important, but it's a little bit outside the scope of this video. That's the reason why I included it in my first uh, of the 10 top tips for general health. The first thing I mentioned was sleep duration, and the second thing I mentioned was consistent sleep routines. So you can go check that out if you want to. I'll link it below. So the first thing that I think we need to talk about if we're talking about improving performance in the gym or improving strength and muscle growth is the amount of training volume you can do. Now, I've already written an article on this as well. So again, you can go and read that and understand why training volume is important. But the long and short of it is the more training volume we can do and recover from, the faster we will progress. So it's really important that we have that recovery piece under control. If our recovery ceiling is really low, it means that we aren't able to do as much high quality work, as much training volume. And the less training volume we do, the less stimulus we have to improve ourselves in our physical characteristics. So recovery is a really big piece. Now, what's the biggest part of recovery? Aside from nutrition and managing the amount of fatigue you generate from training, it's sleep. So de facto, if we get better sleep, if we have enough sleep and we're able to recover better from training, then we're able to make faster training gains because we can simply do more work. Simple as that. Now, the other aspect of this is how we perform in the gym. Obviously, the training session is a stimulus. It is a really powerful stimulus for muscle growth. Your muscles aren't going to grow unless you're actually stimulating them by lifting weights, right? So the idea here is that we want to maximize the amount of performance we can get in each gym session that we do. And this goes for whether you want to get stronger, whether you want to build muscle, whether you want to improve your power or your performance in a sport. We definitely want to make sure that our performance, when we actually do bother to turn up to train, is up there, that we can give it our all. Now, sleep really affects how well we can perform in the gym. There are a couple of things that probably don't matter so much from a single night's uh, poor sleep. So if we have a short sleep deficit where we're a little bit underslept and we come into the gym, if you're doing maximal strength work or if you're doing a single bout of aerobic training, it's unlikely to have much of a performance effect. Of course, if you're consistently underslept, that might change. But if you just have one bad night's sleep, it's not going to. Now, the problem is every single other physical characteristic you can think of is definitely affected. So power output, max anaerobic efforts are definitely affected. And this makes a difference because these are generally the rep ranges that we're training in. They're very anaerobic. If we do anything between sort of 
five plus reps, we're relying quite heavily on anaerobic metabolism. And if that's compromised, then we're unable to get in as much high quality work. So it's really important that we make sure that we minimize sleep disruption if we want to maximize output in the gym. Other things like power are also affected. Your ability to learn is also affected. So if you're trying to learn a complex movement, like let's say you do weightlifting, if you're involved with a sport where you have to improve your skills, that's going to be affected too. So it has some pretty broad reaching effects if you're underslept. And that's even just one night. Again, if we're going on a longer time scale uh, and you're consistently underslept, then you're going to start to see more and more effects pile up. Now, something that a lot of people also don't think about is injury and illness. Your likelihood of accruing an injury or getting sick is much greater if you're underslept. And that is a massive factor in progress. We all know that we don't progress significantly from a single gym session or a single week of training or even a month of training. You don't necessarily make that much progress. It's when we are able to string multiple phases of training together that we really reap the benefits. We often hear this phrase in the strength and conditioning world that if you want to get strong, you basically just need to turn up to the gym and make sure you don't get injured. If you do that for long enough, you will get strong, you will get big. And I think that's pretty much true. Uh, and so it's really important that we aren't consistently sick or consistently injured. Now, it's inevitable that sometimes you will get sick or you will get an injury that will take you out of training for some period of time. And I don't think that's a massive issue, but if it's happening on a consistent basis, you may end up spending you know, a month or more a year where you could have been training and making progress on the sidelines and sleep has a massive role to play in that. Your likelihood of getting sick and your likelihood of getting injured is much higher if you are not getting enough sleep. So let's talk a little bit more about sleep and gym performance because I think that's probably perked up a few ears. There have been a few studies that I wanna dive into just to give you a bit of background on how this works and how it's been tested. So one particular study looked at a Wingate test with which is a test of power output. If you head over to the blog, I've got a video of someone performing a Wingate test. It's absolutely brutal. It's essentially an all out effort on a resisted bike for 30 seconds. So what happens is you get up to speed, they then drop a resistance onto the bike and you have to push against that as hard as you possibly can for 30 seconds. It's unlikely that you're able to perform a second effort of this without a significant rest period in between. They are very, very tough. So this is a measurement of max anaerobic output and it's something akin to what we might see on a typical bodybuilding set right if you lift a 10 rm uh, if you work really really hard on a set it's not going to quite mirror what a wingate does to you but the concept is the same it's a lot of anaerobic output that's happening in that time so it's a reasonable proxy for what we're trying to do in the gym now being underslept in this particular study reduced power output in the Wingate test significantly. And if you want to read a bit more or see the study, the link is in the blog. I'll put it in the link below this video as well. Now, another study did something similar with judo competitors and they actually measured a whole bunch more stuff. So they did the Wingate test in this uh, study as well, but they also did stuff like hand grip test and they did subjective feelings of fatigue too. Uh, as well as maximal voluntary contraction as well, which is basically contracting your muscles as hard as you can and seeing how much force we get out of it. Now, all of those things were substantially reduced with less sleep. So we've got a variety of physical parameters here, of physical characteristics that are being compromised, a bunch of stuff that is used in lifting and in sport too. So that's a really important aspect of lack of sleep. 
And I just want to touch again on that subjective feeling of fatigue. You know, aside from all of the research showing the changes in physical performance, this aspect of physical fatigue is really, really big. If you go into the gym and you're feeling tired and you don't really want to train, guess what? Your training session is probably not going to be as good as if you went in there feeling great. I've personally experienced this often. It happens quite a lot to personal trainers who work odd hours or shift workers, as I'm sure there are many watching. Now, the issue here is that sometimes people think that they're fine and they have enough caffeine or they get psyched up enough, they think that they're cool to go into the gym, but I guarantee you every single time, if you're getting less than the recommended amount of sleep, your session is not gonna be as good as if you simply got the amount of sleep that was recommended. So even if you think you're cool, there's firstly research showing that uh, our perception of how much lack of sleep affects us actually starts to disappear after a couple of weeks and we can't re recognize it anymore. But secondly, just think to yourself, well, my session's going to be better if I get more sleep, right? Like there's no way around that. If you come in and you still get a fine session in, if you're underslept, that's cool. That's good. Um, but it could always have been better if you just got an extra hour or two of sleep. Now let's move on from gym performance and talk about sleep and muscle loss. Now, if you're in a surplus, I haven't seen any studies that have studied this uh, and, and had a look at muscle loss, but certainly in a deficit when you're trying to lose body fat, the amount of sleep you get is really, really important. There are a couple of big studies that indicated that even small reductions in the amount of sleep you get could be as little as one hour a night, five days a week, so mirroring that typical pattern that we probably all have where uh, we don't quite get to bed on time um, <laughs> during the week and then on the weekends, we kind of sleep in as much as we want. Both of these studies showed that having less sleep during the week, even if it is a small amount of sleep disruption, actually causes more mass to be lost from lean body mass and less mass to be lost from fat mass. In other words, if you're in a deficit, if you're trying to cut body fat and you're not sleeping enough, more of that weight is going to come off as muscle and less of it is going to come off as fat, even if you lose the same amount of weight. So really, really important if you're in a deficit that we make sure that we're getting as much sleep as we possibly can to make sure that all of the weight that's coming off is being directed towards fat mass as opposed to lean mass. All right, next we have naps. So probably a question that many of you are asking is how good is napping if I'm not getting enough sleep and we'll get to how much is really important for us to get. Um, how much does a nap help? Is it good? What should I be doing there? There was one study that came out recently that looked at this and it looked at uh, sleep opportunities. And so essentially what happened is the researchers gave the opportunity to the subjects to nap for either 25 minutes, 35 minutes, or 45 minutes. Of course, that doesn't count how long they actually spent asleep, but how long they actually gave them to, to have a nap. And what they found was that as the nap opportunity time increased, we saw better results uh, in terms of refreshing them and providing some of the benefits that sleep gives us. So that seems to be a big plus in the column for naps, but there is a bit of a caveat. It seems that some people don't do that well with naps. And you probably know this, if you have a nap and you find it really difficult to actually sleep during the nap, you feel terrible afterwards, and then you find it harder to sleep later again at night when you're supposed to be going to bed, then naps are definitely not for you, and ideally you shouldn't be using them. However, if you have them early enough in the day and you find that you're able to actually fall asleep, um, and it doesn't disturb your regular nighttime pattern of sleeping, then a nap can be a really helpful thing to help give you a little bit more sleep duration. I'll use this to transition into how much sleep we should actually be getting. Now, most of the research actually just looks at total sleep duration. It doesn't look at how many sleep cycles you go through. It doesn't necessarily look at anything like that. 
Um, there are some studies looking at that, but by and large, the uh, studies are done on total sleep duration or time spent in bed. And it seems that for most people, we should be getting between seven and nine hours of sleep every single night. If you're getting six hours or less, you're doing yourself a massive disservice from a perspective of your health, from the perspective of muscle building and performance in the gym or on the field. Now, ideally what we want is an unbroken run of that sleep. So we, you wanna to go to bed and you wanna wake up you know, seven to nine hours later um, with an uninterrupted sleep. Now, if you're not getting that amount, or you want to bump it up a little bit, using a nap could be helpful. And I think that's the next best option. Um, certainly total sleep duration for the day is your primary goal. So if it takes having a nap, then cool, go for it. That would be the second best option. And of course, the third option would be that you're just not getting enough sleep overall. And that's really what we want to avoid no matter what. So total sleep duration, uninterrupted, unbroken sleep for seven to nine hours. Um, if you can't quite get that or you're a little bit underslept, uh, then using naps can really help as well. Um, of course, just try and focus on getting in the sleep no matter what. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat to all of this. There is some research indicating that for athletes with a high training load, um, we're talking high level athletes here, collegiate athletes, uh, sleeping even more than nine hours could be helpful. And it shows pretty consistent improvements in things like tennis serving accuracy, um, three point throws for basketball, things of that nature, as well as uh, power output and performance on shuttle runs. So if you're an athlete, then that's great, but bear in mind their training loads are pretty high compared to most of us, so it might not be effective. All right, guys, I hope that was helpful. Obviously, for all the details of the study and uh, a little bit more detail on everything, please visit the blog post where you can see all of this information there and you can reference it. Uh, thanks very much for watching, and I'll catch you in the next one.